0: A man become preeminent, he is expected to have enthusiasms. Enthusiasms. Enthusiasms.
1: What are mine? What draws my admiration? What is that which gives me joy? Dames. (laughs) Baseball. Back to the Pull Hitter Podcast. This is Rob D, your Deadpool Hitter. Always catch me on Twitter at Deadpool Hitter and the Pull Hitter Pod at Pull hitter Pod. Lots of things going on. Banging out pods every day for the Pull Hitter Patreon. If you haven't joined yet, really just would love to invite you to come check it out for five bucks a month minimum. You get in and you get seven pods minimum per week. Um, do some daily pods recapping notes of some of the more under-the-radar players out there and doing lineup pods to help you set your Friday-to-Sunday lineups, your Monday-to-Thursday lineups for NFBC leagues, for Fantrax leagues that are set up that way, looking at platoon splits, matchups, pitcher-handedness, everything, recent trends for each team just to help you gain, even if it's an extra homer a week, extra stone base a week. That's the whole point of it is just to really try to maximize your output and your playing time and your awareness of what's happening with Major League teams and their lineups um, as they're setting them and yeah doing a two-start pitcher review podcast with Matt Modica that's been has a great response so far we look at all the two-start pitchers for the next week who to maybe fab the following week after that for two starts and we go over all the fringe decisions as well some of the more on, you know, borderline starting pitcher that you might want to consider sitting or starting in 12-team and 15-team leagues, and I'm also doing a fab pod for the upper tier um, of the Patreon, but either way, if you just want to come and check it out, you're in first for one month for five bucks, I guarantee you that I'm giving you um, my all in doing it, I'm not messing around, it's, I'm giving everything I have and I'm putting everything, my all into it to making it. As good as I can So um, Would love for you Come check it out The Discord is amazing It's got 200 people And we're Active all day long Sharing fantasy advice And Thoughts And um, Going head to head With each other It's fun It's really good Really good stuff So um, But anyway This podcast will be with Steve uh, Steve Weimer And Phil Dussault Good friends of mine Phenomenal players Great insights Into fantasy baseball And all We're going to recap The NFBC main events Real quick Um, Go through some of the popular ads, the most expensive ads, the most frequently added. Um, Some of the more questionable, risky, uh, in our opinion, amounts of money spent on some of the players and the thought process and rationale behind that, as well as some drops too, some player drops and some things, our, our early season strategies and FAB and what we're thinking and our process and... Yeah, we cover that We also go through a pitcher and a hitter that we wish we had more of And a pitcher and a hitter that we wish we had less of um, And this early impulsive reactionary thoughts In the week three of fantasy baseball season And then we go through a ton of extra stuff um, as well um, So, hope you for listen to it And uh, appreciate any feedback, rating, reviews All that helps into... Uh, my endeavor down in this fantasy baseball world, and I appreciate all the supporters who've come out and already helped me make this a fantastic year, and appreciate everyone for listening. All right, here you go. All righty, folks, welcome back to the Pole Hitter Podcast, your destination for actionable tools and resources to smash your fantasy baseball league this year. I'm Rob D., the Deadpool hitter. I'm joined by my two close friends, Mr. Phil Lusso and Steve Weimer, and we're going to get a little bit into the fab recap from the main event, NFBC, this past weekend, and we're also going to get into some of our draft regrets, some players that we wish we had more of, which we had less of and whatever else falls in between but um fellas how you doing tonight phil what's going on
2: good how are you beach guy just got back to the beach yeah
1: beach day man 90 degrees in jersey no humidity put the top down in the jeep and um after after i actually had to go to the mechanic my uh truck um, like kind of broke down on me and then um after a stressful two days and like battling some vertigo i said i need a recharge Between doing 92 pods a week So um, (laughs) I drove down to the beach Stuck my feet in the sand And we Flashing
2: Blasting blasting Taylor Swift on your way there
1: Blasting Taylor Swift um, Whole big mix Like Kenny G There was a lot of stuff going on In in the truck But uh, yeah So I feel good I feel kissed by the sun I got my vitamin D in And um, I'm ready to kick some ass For the rest of the week Steve what's going on um, Where you are
0: Uh, Not much. I enjoyed some nice weather also. I think I mentioned you guys earlier. It was crazy. It was 80 degrees outside, but there's still like piles of snow, like anywhere that plows put it. So just we jumped from, you know, winter and 30s degrees, like to to 80 in no spring, but it was still nice to get out in the sun.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree. So we have our third week of fab um, this past weekend, aside from the short week, and, you know, owners are pouring out money for several different players. For this past weekend, we had um, an average winning bid across all main events of 31 bucks and money spent per team was 70 bucks. Um, went up from 64 in uh, week two and a little bit more than we saw from last year. And um, week three of last year it was 65 bucks. So Little bit more aggressive this season. Before we get into some of the players, I just want to know just like how you guys have been handling fab so far this in this early season. Um, I know you guys are more prudent with your fabbing bids, but have you spent up on anyone yet? And um how do you see like is there anything different this season? I guess a new early going that makes you wanna either pump the brakes on a bid or be be super aggressive on a player. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Um I'm you know, it's it's tough early on. I'm probably more you know conservative than most, but um willing to pay up if there is someone that you think you can hold uh all season. Um so I think I've spent about, and you know, it looks like 80 in one main, 100 in the other. Um I think I have sp- spent up for ProFar is about probably the biggest one. And that may not pay off, but um just anyone that seems like they're gonna get full time playing playing time I can hold on to for for you know at least a few months, um, willing to spend a little bit more.
2: I've got a team that I spent ten dollars and the one I spent the most was uh 150 so um and the one that I spent 150 on I'm probably gonna scale back a little bit this week uh biggest change for me they say I'm trying to be more careful with the 10 to 20 dollar guys um stick to two or three or four low bids uh for most players and then if there's someone I really like, I can pay up for him uh but i kind of feel like where i wasted a lot of money last year was those 20 dollar unopposed bids uh at the end of the year they kind of all add up so i'm kind of trying to be careful with that um go cheaper and then if there's someone i really like then I, i can i can afford to pay up later in the year
1: it makes total sense when i look back at my fab i i don't know why i just i felt like i didn't at everyone's but I felt like I led the league in unopposed bids <laughs> and most of them were in that 13 you know 17 range I know just sometimes we'll look back at the bidding on Monday night instantly we're all typing into the chat like who we got and even if it's a similar player I'm always like Fuck, I was at 17 and you guys got the same player for three but you know um I do have to do a better job with that too and I just it just it's easier said than done because like the clock ticking down, and you're like, but I really like this guy, and you know, you just keep trying to justify yeah. that someone else might bid more, you know. And um, but the one thing I think we discussed this last year was just at least, um, if 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 I like a player and it's in that range, it it's okay to like almost like price adjust according to the need on your team. If you want him on every team, but then how bad do you need him on every team, and then maybe going more aggressive on one league and lowering the bid on a other league. You know, I think a lot of times I'll look back at that and say, okay, I got this player for eight and like 17 and um, just at least you're not throwing too much money across all the leagues. But um, yeah, so this weekend, the popular most added play was quick Bubit on the Kansas city Royals. He went in all 52 main event leagues for as high as two fifty-seven, um, And it was one for as low as 17 as well. But a lot of bids up there in the 100s, 100, 150. Um would you guys thoughts on the bids for Chris Bubich? Kind of like the area monetarily wise that you thought he was going to land in. And um, do you think it's going to be a, a well worth player going forward for the rest of the season?
2: It's kind of what we when we were guessing bids, we were kind of thinking like, Eighty to hundred dollar range as, as the the average bid, which I think it's at least the median, ended up somewhere around there. Um, our friend Ian Hubbard, uh fellow meatball, uh, on your Patreon, <laughs> wanted us to to rip his bids. Uh, one of those was in uh, in my main event where he bid two fifty seven. I was the backup at ninety two. Um, I mean. I was fine with losing that big cause I would never go that high as much as I love Boobich. I loved him in DC season. Um, I just get, when I looked at my player's shares, even in, um, it best balls, I've got him in my first seven best balls, then no shares after that. Um, I just scaled back once they signed, um, all those old pitchers, uh, he kind of got pushed out of the rotation. Um, but in terms of skills, I like the skills and what he's shown so far, um, Made it interesting, but it's a couple of good starts, which we've seen in the past with a lot of pitchers. That it, I mean, it, it could be a good song, but it could be nothing, especially for a pitcher who's been in the league for what three years now. Um, so I mean, 92 is the highest I bid in any of my leagues. Um, so I was willing to go that high, but anything higher than that, I was fine with, with losing it. Um, yeah it's kind of I mean but i I do understand someone who's that that's good for pitching. I do understand going higher than that, but it it's a big risk,
1: yeah, yeah for sure, definitely either if you need him uh to be a contributor or you just really want to have that depth throughout the you know your whole team your s p you know nine ten if you want to have a good pitcher there and you think you could fill that even if you have to pay up a little bit um but I've kind of felt like that on some teams. One of my auction teams where I really needed like another impact pitcher, I thought, and just some teams where I was a little less aggressive but still in the 70s was um, where I didn't mind just adding him to, you know, the rotation. And like I said, just having a good SP9, SP10 on your team just that you could put in your lineup and feel comfortable about. Um, I think sometimes you can't really put a price on that. It depends, you know, on how you like to build your team and have your bench set up steve what about you you got any uh you bitch yeah, you know
0: I, I added him once last week and um i took no. the approach of i think i've been about like 50 to 60 uh everywhere that he was available because i thought that might be the low end of the range um and just got him on one auction um it was nice because i am interested in him. i think uh, you know he could definitely be a breakout player but it was I didn't feel the need to pay up too much because uh, on the team that we jointly run, we lucked into them the week before for a okay. dollar. Um, as I think our like fourth conditional or something like that. Um so already having them on one uh team, you know, with a high entry fee uh, was one reason I kind of scaled back the bids, but I did get them for I think it was like sixty, uh, in an auction. So we'll see. Uh no mains and maybe I'll regret that, but I don't think it's like a slam dunk by any means. No.
1: Yeah, I I look back in our Discord chat because I remember um Early in draft draft champion season, um, Steve shared an article uh, or number. It was a tweet by Eno Saras with the stuff plus numbers for the players on the Royals. And Phil, you know, popped our head with uh, interesting, my system loves Buvich. And it was one of those, oh, really? <laughs> That's interesting. <laughs> but then, you know, like sometimes, you know, but I think we all find our ways that we latched onto players or like players and. Whenever we throw a guy out, I just you know I just think it spurs more diving on a player because you can't catch everything you know. It's just there's so much information out there, so much stuff we're digging through. So just cool when there's like a random name thrown out where you're not expecting it, and then you do some more digging. Like oh, okay, because I think some of these like not as extravagant as this year, but at the end of last year he he was a little different than he was at the beginning of the season. You know, so it started to kind of change a little bit at at, in September. So but um yeah he was he was he was definitely an aggressive bid. Um what about Francisco Alvarez? He went in 49 leagues for as much as 259 um and the lowest bid that won him was for 44 dollars. Um all season long on my podcast, and I said on in the cut podcast when they were asking me about the Brett Beatty and Francis Alvarez I never saw a path to him being significantly impactful because first he had to gain eligibility at catcher. He didn't know how long he was going to take to get there. And as much as he looks like he can, you know, get to the barrel of the ball real easily. There's a ton of holes in his swing. And you can see that just from watching the game. Um, And I love the kid, but been like really, I guess I'm more, I'm more um, hesitant with Met rookies, especially um, overall, as opposed to all other uh, teams, I guess, because they're just aware of how they're handling their team. And it just didn't seem like he was going to get a path to significant PT. But I mean, I don't know how you use him now if you bid this much on him. Did you guys get involved in the Francisco Alvarez sweepstakes at all?
2: This is where I break up the puke emoji if we were on on Discord right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I just don't understand the bids. I mean, like, yes, he's a decent hitter. um, But he's still 21. He's been up for a week. They've played him twice as catcher behind Thomas Nito. Um, he's still at least eight games from being usable. So at this rate, it's another what three, four weeks. Um, and by then, um, Narvaez would probably be what three weeks from coming back. Yep. So you're you're paying. Like some was it two fifty the highest bid? Or yeah, two fifty nine?
1: Two fifty nine.
2: But like even the hundred dollar bids, you're paying hundred dollar to it's like the equivalent of holding an injured catcher on your bench for for three weeks, which we don't really do unless um it's someone we paid up for, like a proven catcher. So why would you pay to hold him for three weeks to maybe use him after that? Um it's doesn't make sense to me. Maybe in this in the second half he gets a chance if he really has if he breaks on AAA, But I think they made it clear that they're not convinced about his skills at, at catcher. So they want him to play there. Um, so I mean I think as soon as Narvaez comes back, he's going back down to AAA to get better at at catching. Um and they've got so many bats. None of them are that good, but they're all major leaguers. So he's not get he's not gonna get a run at DH. Um and I assume the Mets are going to train for more bats at some point as well. So, I don't know. I just didn't, I, think it, I think it was a waste of money. Even if you told me I could have had him for a dollar, I, I wouldn't have done it.
1: I didn't even bid. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted him for a dollar either. Like, my worst catcher across all my fab teams was Mike Danino. And I don't think he's going to be better than Mike Danino. So, I had no reason. Like, I don't know uh and it's just the way i draft the catcher too but i don't know just uh it seemed like it was way too aggressive
0: yeah i saw in your discord that uh zach waxman
1: predicted i was going to get him for three
0: dollars but i decided he wasn't worth three dollars <laughs> so i didn't put that
1: bid in <laughs> i know zach zach put that out into the world because he expected you to get the you know the big call up the um you know for for cheap a lot your Michael Harris bid last year but nope um the next the, the, the backup oh, yeah, yeah. bids
2: were really high for him as well that's kind of what surprised me like a lot yeah. of like hundred dollars bids with like 82 86 87 is backup bids um yeah a lot of
1: competitive bids for sure yeah yeah I think the lowest backup bid was 10 bucks uh but most of them are, are are in that you know 20 30 100 yeah. 90 yeah, it's just everywhere it's just yeah. littered yep a lot a lot just wonder how much production you're gonna get what about matt strom added in 47 leagues um average ad of about 26 bucks and he went as high as 131 um double start week this week i think people are looking for a nice push this week and possibly um something going forward i'm kind of a little hesitant given his velocity drops in like the second third time well not the third time around but second time around and just uh just overall I'm just just wary of him not being able to be a starter for the whole season. But um what do you guys think of the bids on Match Dom this week?
2: Um I didn't bid on him, but he's my my rankings right now, SB one hundred, um, which is a pitcher that should be owned. Um my metric for stuff Sierra, which is some other version of Stuff Plus, but my own formula, but it's the same concept. Um, he rates pretty well. So, and he's pitched pretty well so far, so I can see it. Um, but I have so much pitching depth on on most of my teams that I didn't bid on him. But if if I'd been hit with injuries and, and short on pitching, he's someone I I, I would have looked at. So um, for for once, I know you usually bring my, me on and I shit on on every bid. Uh, for 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 in this case, I, I understand <laughs> the bids and I'm actually okay with most of them.
0: I'm glad to hear that because I got him there you go <laughs>
2: yeah. I mean, we didn't even discuss this before so i could have shit yeah. on him and, and then you would have been yeah. embarrassed but
0: yeah, So i did i mean that was like most of my pictures look really bad for this coming week i needed to add a couple um and he was you know one of the best available by the weekly rankings and you know there's enough there that he could stick you know there's some some possibility that he's made some changes and maybe can i guess it'd be you know hang around if there's an injury or outperform bailey falter or something um so yeah i picked him up with definitely needed to use him this week and then
1: um maybe he'll be around longer than that yeah good scoop good scoop i'm probably gonna be wrong on him but i'm just uh again i'm just a little wary of of a couple of things and i probably get too hitched on to a couple of things and
2: uh I think I agree with you. Like long term, like I have no idea if he's still going to be in the rotation and useful, like in the month in like a month and a half. But for bids in the in the thirties, if if you get like a good month from him, it's totally fine.
1: So point. Yep. Yeah. All stats are useful right now, especially um, with the environment and some of the pitching performances that we've seen so far. Um, Bryce Elder went in forty six leagues for as high as one sixty two. Also lined up for a two start this week. Um, I don't know. I really um wasn't aggressive with my elder bids. They were kind of really low, seven, eight bucks. I didn't get anything. But um, do you guys have any interest in Bryce Elder in this period?
0: Um, that that same team where I needed pitching, I had him in in bid strings, but I had him behind uh Gibson and Strom. Mm-hmm. I, um, so I think I'm not sure. Maybe I didn't like the long term outlook as much. Um viewed it a little bit more as just a, a streamer.
1: Did you say bid strings?
0: Bid strings. I don't know what you call them
1: the but... No, I like that. I like that better than waterfall. <laughs> bid strings. Yeah. I guess
0: it should be Fucking the, a. am looking at it. It's technically a claim list is the <laughs>
1: term on the website. <laughs> no, we'll go with bitch drink. A bid one. string.
2: That's good one. I like it.
1: All right. Starting new trends here. That's what we do.
2: Yeah, I've got him right behind Strom. Um, they're pretty close to each other in terms of long-term outlook. I guess it's similar. Um, Strom is probably more likely to take himself other rotation. Elder, with the, with the other pitchers coming back, he probably has to pitch better to, to stay in there. Um, but it, yeah, I would have that pretty close. Uh, but it's the same scenario for, for me. I have enough pitching um, as it is that I didn't have to bid.
1: Mm -hmm. um what do you guys think about like some some of the non-full-time like left-handed hitters like luke Rayleigh and frenchy cordero do they play enough for you to be like part of like you know your roster construction or it's just um is that like a type of player maybe that you could just stream their production for a lot cheaper and not have to hang on to them
2: for me they're all stream bats um where you kind of bid one week the 3 to $7 bid because they're facing, I don't know, six righties and they're going to play a lot. And then you hope you strike gold. um, And the ones who did that with Franchi, it looks like they might have done that. Cause having a great week and he might stick around at least for a couple more weeks. um, But we haven't seen him against the lefty this week. Are they going to play against the lefty uh, in the coming days because of the hot streak he's on right now or is he going to stick on the bench um, that's the part we don't know but if if someone gets hot like he does you can earn full time playing time pretty quickly um, especially in the Yankees I feel I think there, there's a spot for him so um, basically if he's cold for a week is a drop but yeah he's the kind of guy I look to stream and then hope, hope, hope you get it right hope he gets hot at the right time um, I had mm-hmm. that um a couple of years ago with i still remember i was um jose iglesias with baltimore right um picked them up as as a streamer for a couple of bucks then he got hot and he hit like what's like three over 300 that year yeah. um so it's the kind of thing when you're streaming um yeah, he hit 373 that year yeah it's the short season 373 so um it's the kind of thing where you just put in a small bid and then hope it works if it doesn't you got him for for the good week, the good matchups, um, and then once in a while you're gonna find a keeper for the rest of the year.
1: Yep, I like it. Um, what about some of like the higher bids, like for players like um Jorge Polanco? like he was available in two leagues and he went, like, two seventy five and two twelve, just given like just the injury stuff on him too. I don't know Is that. That also seems like a lie. Is that just a desperate play for help up the middle, or you just think that 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 you're going to get the thirty-one, nineteen type player? You know that we saw a couple years ago. Like those bids for those players that kind of shocked me. Like, do you know they're high owned, so you know they're going to, you know, the ninety percent owned players are always going to go for an aggressive bid because either someone dropped them because they had no room and they're just going to be interested. The first thing you see on the free agent list, when you go there, they're at the top of the list. So that's what everyone sees. Um, they're going to be aggressively bid on, but it just seems like a lot for a player that we don't really know what's going on with him right now. You know, I agree.
0: Um, rehab, Like I haven't looked too closely yeah. into it, but that's the kind of player that I don't know if I'd go that high, but if you look into the situation, it seems like he is healthy um that it was really just like slow slowly building them up um as opposed to like an ongoing issue then then you know you could have someone who would be what like a 10th rounder or something um so i i can see a pretty big 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 bid uh again if if you really have reason to think he's going to be be able to stick uh, and stay healthy yeah
2: um it's not a bid i'd make uh, I just feel like I can make I can do so much more with that two fifty or two seventy than just spending it all on one player. Um, and I get the argument that if if it works, then you have a player for six months rather than in July getting for three months. But in July, the bids are usually half that amount, so you can get two players for three months uh, versus one for six months, and you're kind of spreading the risk because uh, Polanco could come back get hurt within a week. And be out for eight weeks, and then you spent two seventy, and then you don't know whether to hold on to him or drop him. And think at that point you have to drop him. So um, when I can, I'd rather spread the risk and bid on multiple players. Um, I did last year for Drew Rasmussen because I was convinced he was worth it, uh, but it's very rare that I'll I'll put in a bid like that.
1: Any closers that kind of caught your. Eye this weekend just in terms of price or even like the spec closers you know like guy like Jose Alvarado when as high as 114. um chafin when it's high as 111. um and for as low as 37 bucks um what you guys
2: yeah, like for 189.
1: Chapman and for 189 won't, not won't league. yeah even Taylor Rogers for 77 like I don't know so I'm just really shocked by how much um we put into a guy who you know who's I mean these. Taylor Rogers hasn't even got a shot to close. It just seems like obviously it could be better resources that this could be thrown at. But the Chafin, like, how do you guys see that Arizona thing shaking out? You think Chafin's gonna get most of the opportunities there? It seems like they trust him in it, uh, but they still want to give McGuff some shot to close in.
2: Seems so like they want to mix things up. Yeah. So you're bidding on, say, half a closer on a pretty bad team. Um, And I feel like those guys in July are going to be available for $10. So it's just now you're competing against everyone for those guys. Um, I put in a bid, the $4 bid on Trey Winginter, because I was convinced he'd get the next save up, which he did, but it turns out he just sucks. So um, he'll be a drop this week. Mm -hmm. But um, I'd rather want to have an open roster spot put in a small bid on one of those guys that I think is going to get the next save up or if someone is struggling. And I'd rather take like 10 different shots to be a week early on someone um, than put in that big bid. Um, Especially because if you drafted like closers um, or at least one closer, like, like I think we all did, you should be close to the middle of the pack in the saves. Um, in a couple of months and unless you're going for the overall you don't need to be much higher than that so um i'm i don't see myself spending on an early closer unless something crazy happens um and as season progresses and people realize they don't need saves or people start giving up that's when i try to jump in and and get the cheaper closes and hope hope to get them right
1: what about your style, Steve? Yeah, I agree on that. Um,
0: it's, you know, no guarantee that it'll keep happening. But the last couple of years, I've moved up a lot in saves, you know, by picking people up in the second half and, and, and taking the approach that, that Phil's uh, recommending of, you know, taking a, a few shots and then eventually uh, hoping one or two of them hit. And then if you do pay up, I mean, for, for someone like that, then even if you hit, like, you, that's one place that you can – have an advantage over others is by paying attention to bullpens, right? Yeah. Um, and there's no edge to be had there if you've already got all the saves you need because you drafted too early or you drafted one early and then spent $200 in fab um, on someone and got it, then great. But the, the, there's there's cheaper ways to get those saves.
2: And I think one more thing. I think we have a tendency to be less patient than, than managers. Um, <laughs> on April 4th, can gave up five runs. And he looked terrible, three home runs. And we're like, oh, he's done. Cal Finnegan sucks. And then three straight scoreless outings, including save. So, like, I think we're just quick to react and quick. And I assume that Chapman bid is high because Barlow has struggled of late. Um, But Barlow could come back and have three or four scoreless outings and be the closer. And you're like, oh, damn, I wasted 188 on Chapman because I thought he'd get the next save up. So, um, and I've been... I mean, I've made that mistake a ton in the past, and I think I still do this year where I kind of assume, okay, well, that guy just gave up two rounds he blew a save. Um, he's not going to get the next one. But then two days later, he does get the next one. So um, I think managers are more patient than we are, and we're quicker to take the job away from from, from a closer. So um, I think that's where we kind of overreact and, and put in larger bins than than we should.
0: Yeah, but that's not a problem if you're doing the small bids, right? Like no, so exactly. Yeah. Like, after the first bad outing, you put in the small bid and then yeah. you're holding the guy if it does turn out to be, you know, the first of, of a few bad outings and they make a change. But
2: exactly. And you can kind of um when you do that, you're not wasting a roster spot. Like there's if if all your pitchers are healthy and you have a week where most of the guys are playing six and seven games, then you might have one or two open spots for shots like that. You take them that week and then the following week. You get uh two hitters that are hurt, and you have to pick up two streamers. Well, then you drop those guys, and then you don't you don't have the roster spots, so you use them for something else. Then, once those roster spots open up, then you put in more cheap bits for someone, and just hope you hope you get it right at some point in the year.
1: Yep, I like that. Any any other guys that kind of caught your eye? Or you want to touch on maybe like like a a player that was that went for a good price or. Um, a solid ad, you think, for possibly like rest of the season, you know, guys like Matt Vierling, David VR. Um, they're more, I think, fan of fifteen team league. You know, gonna be guys for the most part that we expect to be like, you know, on your team for the rest of the season. We're hopeful of that. Um, there's mm-hmm. anyone else you guys want to touch on before? I just want to touch on a couple of drops before we go there.
2: Um. Yeah, no one, none of the hitters really stand out. Um, I kind of like Alex Call. I've been been talking to you guys about him for
1: mm-hmm.
2: a couple of weeks. I think I picked up one more this week. Yeah, I picked up picked them up once more this week for two dollars. Um, had a bunch the previous week because it was the cores week, which which kind of worked out. But looks like he's leading off, and they kind of want to put him in that role. I don't know how long it's going to last, but while it does, if he's playing every day leading off, I think that's interesting. Um. Matt Fielding, I like the skills, but um with Badu leading off against righties, Fearling's probably lead off against lefties and lowering the order against righties and sitting sometimes. So um they're all guys where you you bid, you hope hope they hit well for a couple of weeks and then they they can keep their spot in the lineup. Um it's just about about the timing and them getting hot at the right time, which is a guessing game. Um Villar, we talked about in the in the Discord today um, where I was kind of against him um, just because I think he's a better real-life player than fantasy player um, because the part, the team, he's going to sit against. They have so many left-handed bats that he's going to sit against righties too often for, for my liking. Uh and it's nothing against the player because he looks like a really good real life real life hitter. Uh he just happens to be on a team that's gonna sit him a couple of times against righties and um in not a great park and he walks a lot, which isn't good for fantasy. So um that's just my take on him, and I think that kind of covers it, the names I can see here. Uh Matt Brash I find interesting as well. Kind of sneaky cheap reliever that you pick up. Some probably picked him up, hoping for a save for saves with, with Munoz out. But I think just there's a really he can be he can be interesting as well.
1: Yeah, I I had I drafted him on one team, Brash, and um, was super happy about that. Um, and then I was like, I think I really want him on my other main, and I kind of thought he was going to be a little more wanted than what I bid. Uh, I bid 23 bucks and the backup was one. I just thought like just the skills and even the ancillary saves possibility like you know she, even if we replace M- Munoz straight out um and we don't know when Munoz is going to come back I just I thought it was you know worth that bid especially with, with the like the strikeout potential that he could but now with the $1 backup and I was like shit again talking about those lessening those you know, those those higher bids, those ten to twenty dollar bids, and um I guess it just was gonna be I anticipated more more of a battle, but I guess I guess it helped that he I should have thought about him blowing that first opportunity and like that would drive the price down a little bit, but I
2: I don't know. I mean, it's hard because there were for I'm just counting about what, fifteen bids that were higher than seventeen dollars and then there was a backup of at- 12, 35, 11, 19, and 11. So you never know one of those is going to be in your league. So you can right. you can put in the, the $6 bid and say I've got a, I don't know, 65% chance of winning the player. But if you really like him, what are those $17 really worth? Um, the extra ones that you put in. So it's, I mean, the, the, we, we, we say about the OCs being a total guessing game. Well, the mains are still a big guessing Mm. game as well. It's kind of more, I mean, when you put in a bid, you, if a guy is available in only one of your league and you really want him, you're going to end up overpaying most of the time. Um, it's just easier when the guy's available in every one of your leagues, um, you put in bids everywhere for 60 bucks and you say, okay, I'll be okay with getting him in, getting him in three of my leagues. Um, and you save money that way. But, um, yeah, it's tough. I can't fault you for it. I mean, it's you like the guy. You like the guy.
1: Yeah, he was actually dropped in a league too. Uh, oh so yeah, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Um, yeah, I I really kind of like going through the drop list. I just like to just get into inside of like what other people are thinking during their bidding process. Um, but you mentioned Kyle Finnegan. He was dropped in six leagues. You know, it's like you see the bids of some of the other spec closers that we just talked about, and you got a guy. Or for one, one you know, obviously they, Dave Martinez said that he was going to be used in high leverage, but you got to think even just with the other guys on the teams that he would still get the majority of the look. So um, he was a guy that stood out. Jose Berrios was dropped in seven leagues. Huh. Um, it's time to get rid of him. Guys think that's a good drop.
2: Uh haven't paid but I mean yeah I mean it it's it's team dependent. You can't start him now. So oh, do you have the room to hold him or not? So it it I mean on my teams right now I would. I'd probably keep keep him for an extra two or three weeks. But um actually on five of my teams I'd have room to keep him for an extra three weeks. On one I wouldn't, so it comes down to it's a team construction kind of thing, how many injuries you have and so on. So um, it's, I mean, I guess that's why he was dropped in about 20% of, or was it 10 to 15% of the main? So it depends on the teams, how many injuries you have.
0: Yeah. I think I'd want to hold him. Um, I can't imagine. I mean, I I guess if you have a lot of injuries, but uh, I think he'd be,
1: he'd be worth a hold
0: if I had him, but I don't. So.
1: Like David Peterson was dropped in three leagues. I mean, I don't know I don't think he's the best. I think I shit on David Peterson a lot in my uh, daily <laughs> pods, but you know he's just a I don't know, he's kind of effective enough of a pitcher in a fifteen team league. I think that worth it just just holding for a little bit more. But um, I agree. Yeah, um, I see O'Neill Cruz. We knew he was going to get dropped. I'm surprised it wasn't in more than ten leagues. Um,
2: Tell us how you feel about him.
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's just. Um. It sucks that he got hurt. It was a weird play. I think he slid real late. Um. And I think maybe that's why the catcher got a little hectic on him. I don't think he was. I think the slide caught him off guard. As as, it almost looked like he was just going to concede and not slide. You know. And then all of a sudden he did this. Um. It kind of looked like a a FIFA slide. Um. From like two thousand. You know, PlayStation Two, like <laughs> bad, you know, like bad graphics slide. Um, kind of what it looked like, but um, and Scotty, Scotty Mcguff dropped in twenty two leagues. Uh, I think that was kind of that was kind of interesting to me. And um Max Kepler too, like Max Kepler dropped in twenty four leagues. I think I would have gave him some extra time, maybe a week or two. I did on one of my teams. Um, I don't know. I feel like healthy and playing every day, the kind of guy that would do me pretty good in the outfield, you know? Um, but guess like you said, like team context, team, team dependent. It's it's, it's tough. Um, all right. I think we had enough of fab. Let's go into um, picture. You had less of you pitch a picture. You wish you had less of so far, in this draft season. Steve, you want to go first?
0: Um, yeah. So
1: my views haven't
0: like changed a whole lot. In my valuations from the beginning of the year, but um, someone that I wasn't on like all DC season, but ended up with two, of uh, two of them on my, my big team, just Kyle, Wright. And I'm not really like thrilled with that. Um, I think it's just, Maybe I didn't adapt properly as his price was, was falling with injuries, but uh when I drafted my main, he was like throwing or something, and I, and I took him um got him on another team and just not a big fan, so I wish I'd use that one of those spots for someone else.
2: Mine's probably Hunter Green um I like them, but not that much. It just kind of worked out where. I got him in Maine at a decent price. In the auction, he went a lot cheaper than the guys um, around him in terms of ADP, so I got him there. Got him in the OC again because I was loading up on pitching at that point. Um, so, I mean, it's not one of those scenarios where I grab him because he's dropping and I'm, I'm the sucker who takes him. I actually liked him, but um, there's other players I like as much, if not more, in that range that I have – fewer shares of so um yeah he's my guy and hopefully he turns it around but it hasn't looked great so far
1: i think he looked he looked really good yesterday i mean 10ks a command seemed a little better the, the, the fastball
2: was a little more placed i i, I haven't been in a lot of big leagues but um he yeah. seemed to kind of start pitching when he, he puts like three guys on base and then he decides to strike everyone out So, (laughs) he kind of looked at last night where, like, like walk, single, double, and then, oh, strike out three guys in a row. I mean, just do that from the start of the inning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, he, he, I mean, he never threw the change up as much. It was only 5%, but this year, it's not even, like, it's even down even more. He's only thrown it five times for 2%. He just bumped up the four seam, and um, so, I don't know. I, I think I think in the second half we saw him just locating better up at the top, and I think, I think that will come around for him. I think I I think you're gonna be um, I think you're gonna be okay with those players. Shares. I think for me, right now, um, uh, I'm kind of regretting, and I didn't want to feel this way, but I and again I hope, I hope he steps it up a little bit more going forward. But Charlie Morton, um, yeah. Just, just, just watching him pitch too. It's just like I'm kind of worried that that strikeout stuff that made him so attractive, you know, on a good team, possible wins, and he just looked like, uh, he, he looked like he actually lost a little bit of stuff, and that he's pitching more of like, I say this in a nice way, but like old man pitching, you know, like he's becoming more of a pitcher than you know. That's- quickly like quicker than i anticipated um you know it's just like the, the curveball's always been really good but it seems like he needs it more than ever um the fastball's been getting smoked early on um it's got a, a 445 expected batting average against it and a 657 woba. he's just like and i watched it too just, it just doesn't it seems like it's it's the same velo but it doesn't look the same coming out of his hand um I don't know. I don't know if he's doing something that's. I think we saw him start off early last season after the injury, like just building back up, and he was slow to ramp up and kind of wishing I could just like want to not start him until that point comes. But then it's also hard staring at you know um, a tenth round pitcher and just waiting him for waiting for him to find it. You know. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm looking
0: at some of his like pitch metrics compared to last year and it's not pretty so far.
1: Yeah, it's it's down, right? I haven't I, I I didn't look at that. The the all around stuff or just the fastball?
0: Um I guess just all around. I just have some yeah some like formulas that try to turn it into one number and it's a lot worse than it was at the end of last year. Mm-hmm. So it's the only 10 things that I had. I'm not sure if he's had a more recent start that I haven't put in this yet, but um yeah not not a great start
1: yeah and I think my other guy I don't have him in I just have him in a lot of gladiators and DCs as you Darvish and um he's kind of worrying me a little bit too he gets a little bit of a velo drop and um it looks like the pitch clock is getting to him a little bit sometimes um again that's something they that can easily work through so hope I feel a little better but I, I guess too is watching the Mets but I met usually have good bats against him, so maybe I was just being a little over attentive to it. But um, yeah, but Charlie Morton for sure. I'm, I think I'm the most scared of. Wish I had a little bit less of, and possibly could have. You know, I think every time I was trying to diversify in that range and get like a Joe Ryan or a Lance Lynn, you know, it would always be like, oh, but they're all taken. But Charlie Morton's still here. No, okay. I think Charlie Morton <laughs> There became too much of that, that draft season, but what about a picture you wish you had more of, Steve?
0: Um uh I guess Rasp probably. Um mm. it's kind of the it's the opposite of Cowrite that I was got a lot of them in DC season, but just didn't anticipate or react to the the higher price and in you know, all the big leagues and the mains and so forth, and I didn't get him there. So I'll probably regret that all year. <laughs>
1: How about you, Phil?
2: Um, mine it's it it it's gonna sound where would scare Cole. Um mm-hmm. I had him and Strider at one and two really close to each other. Um and I got Cole in my auction, but I didn't get him in any DCs or any other fab leagues. Um, just because I thought there was such a gap between the first and second round hitters. So I I got mostly hitters in the first round. The auction is the only one where I could get both. Uh both first round Hitter and 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 Cole. Um but I, I wish like I don't I still don't know looking back how I how I could have done it and still feel good about the hitting. Um but he's he's looked good and I it it I just don't like having my not having enough shares of, of the guy I had well above the rest along with Strider. Um, I probably should have got more in DCs or whatever. I, I just wish I'd found a way to draft him more because I, I did like him, but I, I don't have enough of him.
1: Yeah. I wish I would have worked him into my auction. One of my two auction teams. Um, I went with Strider and in the second auction, uh, but in the first one that I did, uh, could have doubled up on him and Otani. It was like a really low price on Cole too. And it was so early in the draft. And I didn't know if I wanted to do all that at once, but got him in. He's my third most rostered pitcher this the in, in the season behind Orkidi and, and Hunter green and just ahead of Rasmussen and then JD Bluebreaker and Strider JD. Oh, well, JT, I mean, well, well wishes my man. Um, I think one guy that I wish I had more of and I had early in the season too, the first two draft champions that I did and um, first one was actually the one that we did in August, Steve, but I picked Jesus Lazardo in both. Um, er, my first two DCs, both done in you know August and D- October and then I didn't get him... Besides one Gladiator League, the rest of the way, and I'm kind of regretting it. Uh, every time I watch him, he looks like he's grown up and ready to have like a you know a strong season. Um, the fastball velocity is 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 like better. It's there. Twenty one point three K minus walk, like thirty percent K rate. I really love it. Um, game against the Mets, just watched him pitch, and he just. It looks like he's here to stay. It looks like he's here to be a dude, you know, as they say, as, as the young kids say, he's a dude. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, so, I, I mean, I have, again, two shares of him, but I I wish I had him in a fab team, you know. Uh, hopefully I should have had him in two. And also Nick Liddell, same thing, drafting him. I think I set them in on him in August, drafting, like, a fucking meatball and um, didn't get him the rest of the way. 'Cause everyone told me how much of a bad pick it was. No. Um, <laughs> but um all right, so what about a hitter, Steve, that you wish you had less of?
0: Um I don't have a good answer for that one. The only thing I think I came up with was uh Benintendi having on both mains and he's fine, but he's not someone like I wanna that you have to have. And I, there's more interesting things I could have done with, with one of those picks. I guess he's a he's a glue guy, as I don't know if that's what the kids say, but people say that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, my answer is easy Tyler O'Neill. Um I love the skills uh, he's a good Canadian boy really like the player but his manager is a piece of shit <laughs> and I should have known better after dealing with that with, with Tommy Edmund last year um, I just hate how team is run it's basically Arenado and Goldschmidt playing every day and Contreras and everyone else it depends how well you're hitting in the past two weeks or how much you're hustling I guess Um, so it's I mean I kind of went through the same thing with the um, the Cubs was it a year uh, two years ago with Ian Happ yeah He was terrible for the the first month. But at that point, he had like a three or four year track record of being a well above average major league player. And he just decides to start benching him for no reason. Well, the reason he's been cold for a month, but anyone who plays fantasy or anyone who knows anything about baseball knows that any hitter can get cold for a month. Um, so I hate managers who manage your team that way. Yeah. Um, and with O'Neill, I feel like he has, he, he hit a home run in cores at least, but I feel like he has to hit a couple more the next week while Carlson is, is, has the neck thing. Otherwise, I think O'Neill could end up on the bench more often than not. So, um, hopefully he gets traded or he gets harder in the next week or two and they, he's forced to, to keep playing him.
1: Yeah. In um in my neighborhood we call that getting marmoled. <laughs> and it's not a good thing. Um, unbelievable! Oh. I thought
2: it was really hi- ironic that I didn't see it, but I I heard about how was it the next day that he he didn't get the the challenge in time, um, marmol. So it kind of made it sound like marmol was was hustling to, to get the the challenge out. So oh, um, that's great. I didn't see. I didn't see the replay of that. So I don't know how exactly he played. But I read about that. So um, that's interesting. I just thought that was funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, how ironic. Um, I don't oh, see. Like, I really love all the hitters. I have a lot of. Um, I mean, I have a lot of Vine Jeffers in draft champion, but he's not a guy I'm using. He's. I have a lot of him because he was always like my catcher three or four, and I just always liked. him. Catch it three or four, but mm-hmm. um, I have a lot of, um, and it's not. I think I had him in one, one main event team. The no, uh, maybe not online championship team yeah That I dropped already, but a lot of gladiators and draft champion. But Austin Meadows, I mean, but you know, I didn't know he was going through what he was going through again, so I can't okay. really bank on that. But a player you just mentioned, I wish I had on more of my. Bigger team, is Ian App for sure? Yeah. Um, but we didn't do that yet. We're not. To, we're not talking about that yet. Um, maybe Javi Bias. Start off
2: that round.
1: Javi, Ho- yeah. I guess I'll start off maybe Javi Bias though with that one. Make yeah. um, maybe I believed in a little too much of the Javi Bias Renaissance because the second half was so much better. It's still way early, so I'm like overreacting possibly. But um, and then maybe also my love for Nick Gordon. Uh, I wish I got that a little bit less of him, even though he's multi-eligible to help, but just like they, he comes out of games again. He doesn't start for lefties because the twins do that, but yeah. So then I'll start the player. I wish I had more of it and half. I wish I had him in all my championships and main events. I'm just three gladiators, four gladiators, a draft champions and the ultimate that I, that I share with you guys, but it's, you know, I don't feel like I truly, truly have him in that league. I'm sharing him with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get spicy here on the Full Harder Podcast.
2: uh, Mine's Glaber Torres. uh, And I'm actually looking at my draft rankings. He was my hitter number 38. Um, And for a guy with ADP 128, sounds like it's had a lot of shares. Um, But I had Rosario as hitter 29. Brian Reynolds at 32 and they're all kind of going in the 100 to 130 range. Um, and I was, I was grabbing starting pitchers in that range. Um, in hindsight, I should have got him in my auction, which was the auction. I mean, I was doing that auction to grab the players that I didn't think I'd, I'd get enough of. Um, but the way the draft schedule worked out, it was before. So it I kind of... Trying to guess which players I would have a tough time getting in draft. So it worked out for most guys. But um I mean, I got Taurus in one main and one DC, which is not enough based on where I had in my rankings, and not enough based on how he's playing right now. So um I wish him well because I could still have him in a couple of leagues, but it 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 hurts every time he hits home run or, or gets a stolen base.
1: Yeah, I'm so glad I have a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Both both of my auctions, a main event, and my 750 OC. I'm like super happy. He's one of the guys. Him and Reynolds too. Have Reynolds on, I think the same amount of teams as him. But Torres was funny because like um, Steve, I think you remember, but any auction I did, I was I was sitting with you during your auction that was earlier in the day, and then. Got a good feel for the auction, like the live auction, you know, pace. Because the last time I did it, I was a proxy for Phil, and we were on Zoom, and I wasn't paying attention to the room; I was paying attention to Phil. And this time it was so different. And um, experiencing at first just hanging out and watching your draft was was good. I'm glad I did that. And so I was already, you know, but with the dollar values, I was ready. I'm like, okay, just I have a little bit of a gauge of what just happened and what I could do in my draft. But what you don't take into account is like when a player comes out, you know, like when it gets called out, because uh, I had already gotten Otani and Gleyber Torres came out third or fourth in, in, in my auction. I think in yours, it was like the 100th player that got called out. And by that time, it was like, oh, yeah, no brainer, $12, 13 But when it's so early and it's like, oh, do I commit to this price now? Cause what if I get something better later? And I'm so glad I just stuck to it and be like, no, I'm getting him. You know, it's just like I felt like I grew up in like that instant. I was, I was real proud of myself. You know, <laughs> I had some I had some dud moments after that, but <laughs> <laughs> you know that made up for it. I felt good about that, so I'm glad about Glaber.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that it, I'm glad that you sitting uh, with me in my auction helped you out because what it did <laughs> to me was just stress me out. Like, <laughs> probably just like every time that the bidding like kind of started to stall on someone Robert like try to like turn his head to me and try to suddenly like just give me these big eyes like you aren't you going to bid like you gotta bid but like you did it for every fucking player that was like, I,
1: can't, I can't bid on all of them <laughs> really gonna
0: let that happen It's so, like
1: yeah <laughs> yeah exactly and no, that was good that like got me in my brain it's like okay like Yeah, you have all these players that you write down that you would love for this price, but it's exactly it doesn't mean you can get every single one of them. But yeah, I guess I I did do that for a lot of them, right? (laughs) 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 And I think it was funny too during my draft. Like, I think you were doing some work for your job, and like, um, there was a guy that goes not like I think one of I think we got like four or five of the same players, and and I probably bested you by a buck on each guy or something yeah. like that. And you like all of a sudden you stop doing your work and you just look at me like <laughs> bastard. <laughs> uh but um all right, did did we all uh touch on that?
2: I think we uh, did. Steve? Or wait no Steven say his. No, Steve didn't say oh, his.
0: Um, Uh mine's uh Justin Naylor. I did get him in that auction that we were talking about, but I thought mm-hmm. for sure I'd get him at least one main and just kinda didn't time it right or you know, had other needs. Um, looking at one of them, I drafted Danger Benintendi in front of them, so I guess I could have just uh, not done that. But yeah, I like Naylor and um, I wish I Adam won at least one more of my uh, important leagues.
2: It's funny because the guys, the guys that um, Naylor and ones that you name, they're ones that have pretty much every league. And I know the one I named, uh, Gleyber Torres, you guys probably have in most of your leagues as well, <laughs> or at least in a lot of them. So. <laughs>
1: Funny the way it is, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Um, we're going to talk about the pitch clock next. Do you, and and yeah. if you think it has an effect on the pitches right now, do you, yep, do that, you that, feel that, like that's, it
2: that's on the paid. We're not giving that information for free.
1: Oh, that's right. Sorry. I'm looking at the wrong part of the doc. Wrong part of the doc. Um,
2: everything else um, is 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 costing people money. Um, everything else is there. It's so all the I, good stuff we're saying. We're done. Again.
1: We're done. That's right. If you do want the rest of this juicy material, we're going to go through the pitch clock effects. How do you show? Hey, Otani and so much more. Um, If you join the Patreon, that's it. Come on in. The rest of the pod will be exclusively on the Patreon. And for five bucks a month, minimum, I mean, you can get in and you'll get seven pods. a week minimum. I think, I think, right. Seven. Yeah. I'm doing something like seven to nine a week. Uh, News blast every day. Um, recapping the day before, I try to do like two or three player dives per per box score recap and get into news and notes and all that fun stuff. And of course, if you want some more juicy stuff, right? Get the $10 here and you can get me and Maddie Mo doing a two-star pitcher preview. Um, that's gotten some great feedback, so I'm happy about that cuz not only do we go through the two starters, we go through a lot of those fringe you know starters that we're not so sure about if we start not, and we cover twelve teams, fifteen team leagues, and giving you a two week look ahead, telling you who to pick up two weeks ahead for your pitching staffs. And for fifteen bucks, you get my Fab Pod too. Hey, I told you to go pick up Michael Taylor this week, and the guy's on fire. So, and 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 you get all my random Jake Cave love as well. But yeah, all right. So yeah, So catch the rest of this episode. You can hop on into the Patreon and join the Meatball Mafia. There's a lot of meatballs flying around and it gets hot, but the Discord is hot. And you know what? Um, Before we go, I just wanted to touch on that. The Discord is amazing. It's 190 active people in there. And what I've learned, I've obviously always known this ever since I started playing in the main event and talking to all the smart people that have teams in it, um, that it's really competitive and players are really sharp, but, to hear the discussion that goes on in there and to see like other people's processes like on, on top of us talking every day um it really opened up my eyes i really see truly like there's there's some there's really really smart people out there and it just really blown my mind like the discussion that goes on it's it's, it's not no it's not it's not some lollipop discussion it's really really intense stuff and um i think you guys would agree with that right it's a it's good
2: yeah, Discord's awesome, and the pod we're about to do, the paid pod, we put it in there that we're going to do, do this. People submitted, got like 10 questions in there, someone like that gave us topics to discuss, so um, I don't know how often we're going to do it, but I'd love to do that at least a few more times during the year. So um, in the Discord, you can ask questions, and Steve and I will answer, and Rob as well will give our opinions on a bunch of topics, just random baseball discussion based on topics and questions we got from people in the Discord, so.
1: Yep. Um, Line up help. And um, if you do pay for the fab pod, we give you fab advice too in the discord. I think it's really, it's really awesome. Um, Cause like you said, other people chime in and you're just getting like a really wide view on it. It's not just like uh one, two ideas on, you know, popular plays to add or it's really awesome. So, yep. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the poll hitter podcast. This is Rob D the Deadpool hitter. Really appreciate all the support in the early days of the Patreon. And if you want to head there and join up, like I mentioned in the introduction, all the services that I'll be providing throughout the season. And if you want to catch the rest of this episode, we have another hour plus of content that you could check out. um, Really diving into some of the listener questions from the Discord. We had an Ask Me Anything for Steve and Phil and myself. And everyone came through and we provide some good insight on some early season Reactions and trends in baseball, including um, the Major League Baseball environment, adjusting your projections for the environment, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Conversation on stuff plus a conversation on how do you show Hey Otani in the most effective way, and a bunch of other really good topics that I'm sure you'll get some really good um, actionable in- information for and. Once again, um, only five bucks get you in the door and get you a minimum of seven podcasts a week. And uh, come try it out for a month. And um, I really think you'll enjoy the whole community that's been established in the Meatball Mafia family. So, appreciate everyone for listening. And if you're not going to join, that's fine as well. You can keep supporting me here on the free listens and uh, leave a nice rating and review. It would be really helpful. Appreciate everyone. And uh, don't be a bag of shit. Peace.